Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Stacy McCann. And I'm not. Hello, folks. It's John Hogue, the other guy on the other podcast. And according to the indicator on the front panel here, it says we have been joined by the third uh, member of our conspiracy. Hello. Woo-hoo. How you doing? I'm great. You sound I'm now a member of a conspiracy. I like it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, folks, you can uh, find my good friend John Hoag's blogging on a regular basis at hoagwash.com. Yes. And uh, Stacy, on the other hand, blogs mostly at theothermccain.com. But you can find his uh, writings and scribblings and such at other fine spots up around the interwebs. Mm-hmm. And Diana has a blog, too. I do. I do. It, um, there is a piece being worked on. <laughs> it, it, it was supposed to come up this week, but I had a bunch of training to do. So, Ah, well, you know, every once in a while, the real world gets in the way of the Internet. Doesn't it, well, Speaking of the real world. Or the unreal world of uh, college football. Yes, right now, folks, I am, I am, uh, it's very hard for me to pay attention to anything else because as we speak... <laughs> The Georgia State Panthers are leading Auburn Yay. at Auburn Yay. 24 to 19. So uh, uh, if and there's three minutes and 23 seconds to play uh, in the game. And if uh, Georgia State can hold on uh, with three minutes and 23 seconds left, uh, well, Auburn sucks, but you already knew that, right? <laughs> anyways, I'm, anyways, uh, let me let me see if I can't get back to the scoreboard here and run you down on what's happening around the world of college football today, because you know basically this is the you know thirteen or fourteen weeks of the year. Well, well let's get I the really important live. let's get the important game right off at the top. Vanderbilt maintained his perfect record. <laughs> they lost sixty-two to nothing to oh, number Lord. two Georgia. That's, uh, and it was John, it, I feel your pain. Actually, there's no pain involved. When I, actually when I went uh, to Vanderbilt back in this, the sixties. We were across the street from George Peabody College, which uh, was the number one teacher's college in the country. So there was no – Vanderbilt actually had a line in uh, the catalog that said they prided themselves on not having a major in phys ed. <laughs> Go across the street for that. Yeah. But then we merged with Peabody, and so all of a sudden we had a phys ed major and a much better uh, football team, although it really didn't help basketball. Okay, okay. But getting so back to much getting back the to, good old days at Vanderbilt. Getting back, getting back to the lesser important games. Go ahead and tell uh, folks Yeah, about with uh, less than two minutes to play uh, in Arkansas, uh, number four, 16-ranked Arkansas is leading Texas A&M 20-10. Texas A&M ranked number seven. Looks like they're about to lose because Arkansas has the ball with less than two minutes left. Uh, uh, They're now in overtime in Fayetteville, North Carolina, where North Carolina State uh, has held number nine Clemson uh, to a tie so far, fourteen to fourteen. Um, hang on a second. Uh oh. Uh oh. 
Okay, I'm I'm ooh. Okay, I, I'm sorry. I'm watching this Georgia State game. Uh, where Which was no one I? probably cares about. But. Yeah, yeah. Where was I? I yeah, Auburn losing. This would be that's the only thing life. people yeah, care about. Right. right. Uh, number twenty-four, UCLA uh, is leading Stanford fourteen to nothing. Um, Baylor unranked. Upset number 14, Iowa State, 31 to 29. Uh, that game played it. Is it Waco where Baylor is? Uh, just outside, yeah. Yeah, yeah, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, anyways, uh, Michigan, ranked number 19, defeats Rutgers 20 to 13. Uh, number five, Iowa had to come back at home. Uh, to defeat Colorado State, uh, number – I'm having trouble seeing the ranking uh, – for Penn State, number six, Penn State defeated Villanova 38-17. to That was kind uh, of a gimme. Uh, Notre Dame uh, – Notre Dame at one point was tied with Wisconsin – uh, but then they just piled it on in the fourth quarter. So number 12, Notre Dame, 41, uh, number 18 rank or number, wait, I'm sorry. Yes. 18th rank, Wisconsin, 13. So it's 41 to 13. And by the way, uh, uh, the guy at the daily callers just given up on football after he's this feeling month. very sad today. He, he's very sad. Maybe uh, you and, should write an obituary for his uh, football uh, writing. Yeah. Uh, number 17 coastal Carolina defeated UMass um, 53 to three and that is oh, all wow. well Kansas State just kicked off at Oklahoma State but it, in about 20 minutes Alabama uh will kick off ab- against Southern Miss and that's got you up to date mm-hmm. and now I've got to check that score once again of the Auburn game let's see what's going on here it's it's two minutes and thirty seconds to play, and uh oh, it, it, it's looking bad for Auburn. But go ahead, what what are we talking about here? Well, how about the week's news? We oh yeah, yeah, news. Uh, uh, and, and there's been a certain amount of news <laughs> related to the border this week. Oh yes, uh. and but before we get started about that, um, uh. Christina Peshaw had a, a series of tweets going back and forth, and Vivian mm-hmm. uh, Boucher uh, responded to one of her tweets with this. I also feel compassion for the Haitians and other Caribbeans, Africans, Asians, Latins, Europeans who applied to emigrate to the U.S. and waited patiently for their turn watching this new group simply walk in and skip the line. They must feel like suckers now. Mm-hmm. To which Christina uh, replied, this is also a valid point. And it is. And the whole situation that's been going on with the border, the whole thing about falsely accusing uh, Border Patrol uh, agents of uh, using their reins to whip people. I mean, uh, you know, horse reins to whip people. I mean, it's just like. uh, And it's interesting that the 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 stuff that's been coming out of the white house about, about the situation, apparently the border patrol isn't the agents themselves and their organ, their organization just not going to lie down on this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, if you, okay, I actually know the area around Del Rio, Texas mm-hmm. fairly well because uh, when I was involved in running uh, manufacturing, we had did a lot of our, our manufacturing across the border in mm. uh, uh, Acuna. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know how you would patrol that terrain without horses, unless you use mules instead. But, I mean, <laughs> you know, that that's just – and they're going to take the horses away from the Border Patrol. It's, like, insane. That's, yeah, yeah. We'll get, we'll get to more of the White House problem. In a little while. Meanwhile, let's just go up, up toward the other border uh, and uh, go, let's tr- try Seattle on for size. Yes, I, I had a post uh, this week called Seattle, Mecca of White Guilt Syndrome. Uh, and the uh, lead item involves the uh, congresswoman who represents Seattle in Congress. 
is Premier Jayapal. Jayapal. Um, <laughs> what? Jayapal, more or less. It's hard yeah, to say yeah. uh, Indian names. Jayapal. Correctly. Premier Jayapal. But Close anyway. enough for government work. Yes. Well, anyways, uh, she broke into tears Wednesday oh. while pleading with President Biden to include amnesty into the $3.5 trillion reconciliation package. Well, yeah, go ahead and throw that in there to make sure it fails. Well, not only that, it couldn't be voted on in the Senate if, yeah. it, if it's in there. According yeah, to the she Senate doesn't understand how this works, apparently. Uh, the Senate uh, parliamentarian has said that this, this couldn't work as reconciliation. And by the way, uh, this $3.5 package may be doomed anyways. Well, but- you've got at least two Democrats are going to vote against it in the Senate. Mm-hmm. And thank God for that. Yeah, that's uh, Cinema uh, and, Cinema uh, and uh, Joe Manchin. Yeah. And, yeah. So, and so that looks like a loser uh, unless, you know, and... Well, there's even... Uh, they're even starting to peel off some of the. Uh, Pelosi may not have a majority for it. Nope. They're starting to peel off uh, some Democrats who want to get reelected. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, but back in Seattle, I I, I was uh, uh-huh. Jaya Paul uh, is it says I'm the first South Asian woman ever elected to the House and one of only two dozen immigrants and congressmen. Uh-huh. As an immigrant woman of color, I just want to share my perspective. And I'm, I'm like, and, and so I'm seeing this and I'm like, who is this Jayapal woman and who elected her to Congress? And it turns out that uh, it is the most democratic white district in the United States, mm-hmm. according to uh Uh, In other words, no Democrat represents a district this white, okay, Mm -hmm. except Jayapal, who is from Seattle. And and three quarters of the residents of this district are white. Mm -hmm. And all I can figure out is that they've got the worst case of white guilt syndrome. Oh, please, we can't elect a white person to Congress. We must elect an immigrant woman of color. And then you remember how they had that. Wasn't it in Seattle that they had yes, that? they had uh, the autonomous zone. Chomp. The autonomous zone. Chaz. Was that Seattle? That Chaz? was Chaz. I yeah, like Chomp better. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, and it's like, what is wrong with these people? Well, I think Diana actually, having come from an area that's not grossly different from Seattle, probably could come up with some perspective here. You know, here's the thing. Um, you talk to anybody under 40, um, heck, anybody under 50 nowadays, um, time passes and um, the, the, they encro- they're encroaching on, on my age group. Um, but uh, it's like um, I talked to a young woman and she said something about, uh, actually not that young, about 45, who said something about she couldn't um, deal with the uh, moral how morally problematic it was to be friends with a cop. And I just, <laughs> I, I just bit my lip and I and, wait, this tongue. is in Valdosta. No, 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 no. This is in San. This is a friend, a friend from San Francisco. Oh my God. Um, okay. And I just sort of shook my head, but here's the thing. Um, if you have any kind of conservative uh, leanings, any kind of, <gasps> Hey, um, I, any kind of reasonable perspective on the world, you keep it to yourself because if you dare to say anything, there will sudden they can. There is a, a howling mob waiting for you. It is really strange, and I think that they they that um, a lot of folks in Seattle and also in San Francisco have just internalized this weird censorship where they dare not actually say, hey, you know, um, this lady's a raving commie who wants to erase our borders. How does that help anybody? That, that question just is not, you're not allowed to ask that question. Well, the, uh, the other thing these people don't understand is 
there's a whole bunch of stuff in the real world mm -hmm. that isn't, and I'm going to use their word, fair. <laughs> on the <laughs> other, on the other hand, you know, is it fair that Tom Brady can play football better than me? Uh, yeah, well, you well, know, well, but, yeah. but 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 <laughs> but we're both better off because he can. Okay, yeah. I no, I get to enjoy watching him play football, and he gets he's made a pretty good living at it. Okay, mm -hmm. so yeah, even and he but probably you made a knees. You know, <laughs> I you know, I, okay. So if you know, m making Tom Brady's football skills equal to mine would be deleterious to both of us. Yes. As I wrote on my blog, the politics of white guilt syndrome have always fascinated me simply because I have no such guilt plaguing my conscience. All this progressive chatter about white privilege does nothing except inspire me to sarcastic laughter, knowing that I'm but one generation removed from the ubiquitous poverty of Depression-era rural Alabama. And certainly it's not as if I'm living in the lap of luxury today. One must be higher up the socioeconomic ladder or perhaps further down the long slope of degeneracy to be the kind of guilt-stricken white liberal who thinks congressional seats should be filled on the basis of affirmative action. Well, here's the thing. Uh, where was she elected from? Seattle. Yeah. 92000 a year is the median household income in Seattle. Right. Well, the cost of living is, is above average, but, but basically that's a rich bunch of people. And you know what? Having this kind of belief is a luxury good. It is. You cannot afford uh, to believe this stuff in some place like East L.A. <laughs> or McAllen, Texas. Mm -mm. Right? Yeah. yeah. Now, the fact, that, uh, the fact that they can still do reasonably well selling it in some places where it, it, uh, you know, it, it, it shouldn't sell at all just says mm -hmm. that somebody understands marketing. And speaking of things we can't afford. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I had another post this week called Everybody Loves the $3.5 Trillion Boondoggle. I don't believe you. Says Nancy Pelosi's you. pollster. Ah, uh, that's where the uh, uh, error is coming in. Yeah. As some of you uh, may it's know. It's a push-pull. Yeah. Now, some of you may know that I, I'm, I'm a little bit better than an amateur uh, when it comes to polling, but I, I, I won't, I won't talk any more about that. But uh, on Nancy Pelosi's webpage, on her uh, Speaker of the House, well, she has this story: new poll, overwhelming majority of Americans support Build Back Better Act. No, and, they don't. <laughs> well, well. Anyways, I, I got looking. You know, the first thing they I support see, it until they understand how they're gonna have to pay for it. Yeah. Well, I started seeing this, and and, and they're they're trying to say it's overwhelming support, and then I got looking at it, and I realized that the poll was conducted by a Democratic PR firm. Mm-hmm. And here's the question, the answers to which, um, uh, here is the question, the answer <laughs> to which is the basis for this claim. Here's the question. As you may know, President Biden and Democrats have proposed new legislation to provide paid family and medical leave, establish a universal pre-K program, expand Medicare coverage for seniors to include dental, vision, and hearing coverage, lower health care costs by allowing Medicare to negotiate lower drug prices, provide tax breaks for clean energy, and expand the child tax care credit for most families with children. Do you support or oppose this legislation. I would oppose it for uh, there are a couple of things they salted in there that might or might not, depending on how they're implemented, be worthwhile. But for example, uh, I'm on Medicare, 
And I would oppose having dental coverage under Medicare because it would probably mean that my dentist would uh, not be able to afford to uh, mm-hmm. uh, work on me anymore. And so I would much rather have my private insurance. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hold on, folks. Hold on, folks. I interrupt this rant. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at, the, at Auburn. Again. <laughs> at Auburn. Yes. With 45 seconds left, fourth and nine. Oh, my God. Auburn just scored a touchdown. <laughs> oh, my God. They're going to win oh, this Stacey, thing. Oh, Stacey, you poor thing. Uh, oh, it, it, they came up on fourth and na- nine at the Georgia State 10, and they completed a pass for a touchdown, and my heart is broken. Oh, well. Uh, but anyway. Well, you know, I'm not rooting for – Auburn is one of the two teams. Uh, the only time uh, – the only team they play – uh, that I would uh, simultaneously root against is Tennessee. You know, yeah. that's, that's one of those I wish well, they both could lose. Anyways, to get back to this trivia about $3.5 trillion, the thing is that nowhere in that question did they even mention how much this is going to cost, right? <laughs> and by the way, the Wall Street Journal has estimated it'll cost more than $3.5 Well, then, no, that... trillion. Well, that's they're going to appropriate 3.5. And uh, then uh, uh, when uh, the bills come due uh, and they're the emergency, they can't they can't pay off the their their preferred vendors. They'll appropriate some more money and run the printing press some more. Well, well, I, I, I suggest that we might have gotten different answers if you ask other questions such as number one. Do you have any fucking clue how much $3.5 trillion is? Number two, where the hell are we going to get $3.5 trillion to pay for this? And number three, the U.S. national debt is currently $28 trillion. Let me put it The most recent year, the federal government had a balanced budget Mm -hmm. was 1998. Mm -hmm. This crazy pile of crap Nancy Pelosi is trying to rake run through Congress will permanently bankrupt America. Do you support or oppose this? Well, let's just do the math. Uh, I can tell you what $3.5 billion is. Trillion. It's $11,000 a piece, roughly, for every man, woman, and child. So if you have a family of four, would you like to have $45,000 added to your tax bill? To pay for, for this, how so many that, years? <laughs> well, you could you could amortize it over the the years that are involved here. Uh, Stacy's going to go kill some dogs. I uh, understand. But uh, the the point is, is that if they amortized it over ten years, let's say, which is a lot of the bill, or five years, nine thousand dollars a family to break even. Uh, I don't know about you, but I would notice an extra nine thousand dollars on my federal taxes. Uh, yeah, well, you'd have to have $9,000 to pay, you know, you know um, yeah, um, and there are a lot of people in this country who don't, who simply don't have that. That'd be, well, that'd if be you, if you time. look, if you look at the, uh, who pays what in terms of taxes, mm-hmm. uh, I am in the upper 5%, okay, mm-hmm. and people who are in the upper 5 to upper 2%, that mm-hmm. range, pay almost exactly our fair share. Mm-hmm. In other words, we get about 20% of the income that comes into the co- uh, personal income in the country, and we pay about mm-hmm. 20% of the taxes. Mm-hmm. The upper 1% uh, pays yeah. roughly uh, twice their share. They get about 20% of the, up- of the income themselves and pay 40% of the taxes. Yeah. So everybody who makes less than 5% Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, unless everybody, they're freeloaders. Every, yeah, uh, everyone, everyone. Well, no, they're not completely freeloaders. You they're have not to be freeloaders. Uh, you have to be under sixteen thousand a year to be a freeloader. Mm-hmm. But but even those people are getting hit by social security taxes. Yeah. But the uh, but basically, yeah, no one who makes less uh, or it's a very exceptional person who is in the ninety fourth or percentile on income or lower. Mm-hmm. Who pays his fair share? Yep. Well, okay. fair share. Um, By- remember, it's still your money, and the government really doesn't have any right to it. Well, um, yeah, the fact but that I mean, the Free Stuff Army exists, and uh, that people seem to be want want to be part of it, uh, says more about our lack of understanding of basic math. 
than it does of anything else. Right. Well, you know, I actually don't. Ha I there's two ways to look at your fair at, at what your fair share would be. I mean, one is uh, let's just say that the government useful government services that we're probably going to have to pay for. But let's just say that, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, of those of us who pay, you know, they're 300, they're 330 some odd million of us. You divide the government budget by that and hand everybody a bill for their share. Mm -hmm. Or you could say uh, the GDP, uh, the, the GDP is uh, this. So your, your earnings were this share of GDP. So that's your share of the tax bill. I don't have either way, you know, has the, the, the aura of fairness about it. But what we do now is clearly, not fair. Oh yeah, but so, um, you're, it's gonna. It's as far as I can tell, impossible to fix because it's to too much. It's too much to the advantage of various parties uh, to get various carve outs and various uh, breaks and um, impositions uh, worked into the task tax code it's no it's good it's going to it's going to take a massive financial disruption in order to get things even closely well, put together we shall see meanwhile though i'll bet you that a lot of the people the talking heads who are running the propaganda about this are making more money than i am and, <laughs> and uh, are, but and i wonder how cheerful they are about paying their extra share of uh, because it would be the right thing for them to do, according to their point of view. And every uh -huh. once in a while, they do get something right. Yeah, Joy Reid, of all Shopping people, was actually right about something this week. Uh, Joy Reid, as you know, is the dimwit. Uh, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a close contest of who is the stupidest person on MSNBC, but uh, Joy Reid is certainly a, 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 a you know fighting for the title. Well, but this week uh, she was right about something when she said that there is such a thing as missing white woman syndrome. Mm -hmm. uh, talking about the Gabby Petito case, um, and and the folks, if you haven't. <laughs> haven't paid attention. Gabby Petito was a, um, a woman who was uh, uh, traveling, a 22-year-old woman, excuse me, <coughs> a 22-year-old woman uh, who was uh, doing some sort of Instagram influencer thing called hashtag van life. Uh, with her boyfriend when she disappeared and was later found dead, and, and now they can't find the boyfriend. Uh, but it reminded me of the Natalie Holloway case, mm -hmm. uh, which was uh, which gave Greta Van Sustern a permanent excuse to travel to Aruba <laughs> for reporting. You know, and I remember sitting there, and it's like. February, right? You know, the snows on the ground and everything. And reporting to us live from Aruba is Greta Van Sustern about the Natalie Holloway case. And like, oh yeah, twist my arm, boss. Make me fly off to a Caribbean paradise again. You know, but uh but but the thing is is that who this appeals to, by the way, all true crime. The, the the true crime genre. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, its prime audience is older women. And, and I don't know what it was, but my mother was always a, 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 a loved to watch detective shows, which is how I got my enthusiasm for uh, uh, true crime stories. But uh, but anyways, so so the thing is, what does missing white woman uh, syndrome. What is it really about? Well, sex sells. Okay. If it's an attractive young woman gone missing. Okay. Everybody knows deep in their heart. It's about rape. And that sells papers, as we used to say. Well, I mean, it's the same thing <laughs> when we we used to be in TV. You know, if it, uh, what what uh, did you get? Uh, obviously, you had to make the pictures of the city council meeting. 
But the other thing that you made sure you got was the pictures of the wreck. If it yeah. bleeds, it leads. Yeah, if it mm. bleeds, it leads. But anyways, but the there is this sex sells element. Okay? Well, we couldn't do that. And so it's not just that we're ignoring, and this was Joy Reed's claim, Joy Reed's claim that they're ignoring uh, missing women of color. Okay. But that's not the point. The point is, is that, is that there are lots of people who go missing, including men. Okay. Mm -hmm. But it's that sex sells angle that makes a Natalie Holloway case or a, uh, a Gabby Petito case uh, into a national headline fodder. Uh, but the point is, okay, is that it gives people a distorted idea about crime, who commits it, who it happens to, who the victims are. Nearly 14,000 murders. Mm-hmm. In the United States in 2019, according to the FBI, 78% of the victims were male. Mm -hmm. So in terms of statistical risk, males were nearly four times more likely to be murdered than women, right? Okay. True. But murdered men don't make national news. Okay, but here's the thing. That's because it's not news. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sadly. Yeah, but... but man has... Uh, the dog bit the man. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Okay, 42% uh, of murder victims in 2019, 42% were white, whereas blacks, who are only uh, about 14% of the population, were 54% of the total murder victims, okay? And and so there were a, less than 1,800 white women murdered in 2019. Nearly 6,500 black males were murdered, okay? So, so black males are being murdered uh, at a rate more than three times the rate of white women. Okay, and so so the the point is that this Gabby Petito case represents an anomaly. Mm -hmm. It is a rare, a comparatively rare, um, you know. But the the media doesn't want the, every story. This is the thing about being a conservative journalist: is that mm -hmm. every story is ultimately. Uh, a media bias story because if the media would just report the news accurate, accurately, uh, there would be nothing for conservative critics to write about. Well, mm. oh yes, there would be plenty to write about. We can write about uh, what's truly happening in the world and mm. comment uh, uh, on it because uh, yeah. at our blogs we not only report things that are news, but we. Uh, mm give you uh, what little insight we have about it, and or at least our opinions. Of which, speaking and you, of which, Auburn came back and won that game 34 to 24. So I'm, I'm, I'm just heartbroken that Auburn managed to pull out a win over an unranked opponent. Do you know, do you know what would probably make you feel wait, better? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. George, North Carolina State. Upsets number nine, Clemson, 27 to 21. But you know what would make you feel better? I know what would make me a feel better. A hit on the yellow button would probably help improve your attitude. The yellow on, button. <laughs> it's yellow button time. It's it's that time of the show devoted to shameless capitalism. Mm -hmm. Because if you will go to my blog, theothermccain.com. Okay. What? Okay. I'm getting what is that noise. Okay. That is that is my that is my football oh. scoreboard showing me a video of a game. Would you That's please stop auto doing play. that? That's autoplay. It's autoplay. Would you I'm turn autoplay off on that thing? Death to autoplay. You know, you anyway. know, it has an off switch. Just turn it off. Okay. Well, <laughs> meanwhile, at my at my blog, the other McKay near the top of the center column, uh, you will. Uh, see the yellow button with the word donate on it. If you will click the yellow button, it will take you to my PayPal account where you can contribute to the support of the blog and, of course, to the podcast, but most importantly, to make my wife happy. Mm -hmm. uh, she likes it when I get money, 
and that makes her happy and keeping my wife happy is of course job number one so meanwhile, uh, so and meanwhile over at my good friend john hoag's blog hogwash.com there is on in the sidebar an icon that looks remarkably like a tip jar because it's a picture of a tip jar click on that be taken away to my paypal account help support hogwash.com and also uh, this podcast and you can also support in other ways. Scroll down the sidebar, click on the link to the Hogwash store, do your shopping there. Mm -hmm. And actually, there's going to be some new merch in the Hogwash store in the next couple of weeks. So check that out. And we also have links on our blogs uh, for shopping, uh, various links uh, to Amazon. Use those links uh, that a blogger has put up uh, if they're a member of the uh, Amazon Affiliates uh, operation, uh, we get a little cut of the action, which helps support us as well. It's something that Amazon does that's actually nice for the internet. But regardless of how you choose to support us, please remember the five most important words of the English language. Hit the freaking tip jar. Yes, please. All Thank you, Diana. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, uh, that helps, having that income coming in helps us keep the thing going along and organized. And uh, apparently, uh, this idea of being organized and understanding what's supposed to happen next is not something about the White House, although they claim that whenever thing, anything goes wrong, it's never their fault. Oh. Uh, there was the thing with the Boris Johnson visiting the White House and uh, British press being in the room, and he took questions from the British press, and then the whole thing wound up with the, being shouted down by uh, uh, White House staffers. It was really kind of embarrassing. And then uh, Jen Psaki says uh, that it was Boris Johnson's fault for not letting them know that he would take questions from the British press. <laughs> and he's like, what do you expect? <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's like a clown show. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Only, oh, Lord. I, I, it's, it's embarrassing. I can't imagine well, what the world thinks of us. Well, it's so embarrassing. The wheels have come off of it so bad that you're even starting to see the never-Trumpers express buyer's remorse. Yes, uh, Jonah, Jonah Goldberg. Jonah. <laughs> yeah, Jonah Goldberg. And by the way, uh, when, I, when I mentioned him on here, I said, you know, everybody is entitled to spit on the ground and curse his name at the mere mention of it because, they're, you know, never Trump. They're all scum of the earth. But, mm -hmm. but Jonah uh, seems to have noticed he, 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 he's not so gone in orange man bad syndrome um, that he can't notice the problems with the Biden administration. He, he pointed out he wrote a post this week at the dispatch uh, pointing about how how the Biden administration uses the passive voice uh, to suggest that things just happen to them. And he was uh, he was interviewed uh, by Brett Baer uh, on Fox News, and he said. Yeah, and this is, I'm quoting Goldberg, we heard this just tonight, the clip you had from Jen Psaki, where she says, we are weathering storm, storms. No, when you are weathering storms, you are not responsible for the weather. Storms are things that happen to you. Joe Biden says events in Afghanistan unfolded. Yeah, events right. at the border have unfolded as if he has no agency and no responsibility for these things. He has made choices, and we are seeing the consequences mm -hmm. of his choices. You know, this reminds me of something. Yes. This, I, I, I um, uh, have some friends who work with a, uh, a Bible translation organization that goes into places that don't ha even have a written language, mm -hmm. develop a written language for them and then translate the Bible into that language. And uh, this particular couple was working, they were just being driven to distraction because the people they were working with almost, they did use the active voice uh, uh, in, in, in some places where you can't get around it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it was like, 
they any time that you could assign responsibility, it would, things would move to the passive voice. Mm-hmm. You know, the the bowl became broken. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. he broke the bowl or I broke you the bowl. The sudden bo- absence of actors and all this action. <laughs> yes, and and so, well, I mean, well, if you're trying to. Uh, explain that if you're trying to translate the Bible, I mean, the Bible uh, has a lot to do with personal agency. And so, you know, it was driving them nuts trying to figure out how to, how to write for these people. And it's the same sort of thing here. There is no accepting acceptance of their personal agency, their responsibility. Yeah. There, this is a, uh, this is psychologically unhealthy to think like this. Uh, and this we'll get was, to the crazy people being dangerous later, but this is the but, same sort but, of stuff. But no, I, I mean, I have talked about uh, the I, frequently we have talked about uh, uh, the mental health, the importance to good mental health of a sense of agency, the belief that you control your own destiny and therefore your own actions matter. Now, to, in order to think like this, you have to be able to accept responsibility for your own fa- flaws, shortcomings, your failures. Okay. If you were ever going to give credit to yourself for your successes, your strengths and so forth. And so, so you have to take the good with the bad, but you have to own it and think, you know, okay, things went bad for me today. I will do something tomorrow to make things better. Well, or just face the fact that uh, two plus two really is four. And, you know, uh, if I jump off the roof, I, uh, I will fall to the ground and it could hurt. You know, it's it, and until you deal with the real world in that kind of sense and understand that, yes, you you have agency, but you don't always have control. You know, gravity will win. Mm-hmm. And. So, uh, right. But, but the, but the, but, but the point is, is that we have dealt with a few sociopaths Mm. in our, in our time. And I think think one of them was actually a psychopath, but go ahead. Okay. Right. Psychopaths, sociopaths, but they have this tendency to play victim, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, that, that when their own choices lead to bad outcomes, they have to find a scapegoat to blame. Either and, that or they, they, I wouldn't have done that if you hadn't yeah, done yeah. A, I wouldn't have done X if you hadn't done Y. It's your yeah, fault. Yeah. And yeah. They, they, they are always trying to reverse the, the victim the, and offender. Darvo, as it's mm-hmm. known. And, uh, or what I call accuse the accusers. But anyways, but the, but the problem here is that this can lead to absolute madness as in the case of Deb Frisch, okay, that that people who refuse to accept responsibility for their own failures uh, get into a sense of the, where the victimhood mentality becomes literally paranoia. But you also have to accept the truth and when you have told the lies. Mm -hmm. Right. And Politico this week, Politico this week finally got around to admitting that Hunter Biden's laptop isn't fake. Isn't fake. fake. It's not fake. It's real and it's spectacular. Well, Mm -hmm. but why now? A year later. Because uh, they're going to have to remove Biden and they're looking for reasons to do it aside from the fact that yeah he was non-compassmentous when we elect when we put him up there we're sorry yeah i think i think you're headed in the right direction i think that basically this is an exercise in battlefield preparation Mm -hmm. for the coming removal uh, of the president whether it's by disability or impeachment i don't know but the question (laughs) is politico and how they're connected and why they did this now and for whom and for what real intended purpose? Well, it's um, not for Kamala Harris. I'll tell you that much. By the way, Biden she's po- all out for her seriously. Yes, but she's polling higher than Biden right now. Who isn't? Um, uh, folks, 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Alabama just returned the opening kickoff 100 yards for a touchdown. Well, very good. Alabama <laughs> 7, Southern Miss 0. Okay, I'm, I have a roll tide moment. Sorry to break the chain of we thought. Know. Well, uh, well, you know, but you know, it's 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 interesting. Then we had the interest the 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 story from last Saturday though. Mm-hmm. Was the uh, deep state operative picnic uh, in the uh, um, uh, by the Capitol? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. Lord. The yes. fake right wing rally in D.C. <laughs> the best meme I've seen come out of it. You remember that picture that has a whole bunch of guys in the cargo shorts and the J. Crew shirts? Yes. Yeah. Right. Those weren't cargo shorts, but okay. yeah. But, but but I mean, but it's like somebody took the that picture. And put Agent Smith's face on all of them. That was pretty good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what the, I the, liked was if there was a, a find uh, tap the square that doesn't have a that has a Fed in it. Skip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they did a a, a, a captcha is what yeah. what it's called. Yeah, and so I, I I included that on my blog. But the headline was "Fake Right Wing Rally in D.C. Attracts Mainly Media." undercover FBI agents. Actually, I'm given to understand that there was also a significant number of park police, uh-huh. uh, uh, ATF, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, deputy U.S. marshals amongst mm-hmm. them. And they got yeah. so ex- they were so bored that they started arresting each other. It was absolutely... <laughs> yeah, yeah, they actually... Uh, uh, the one poli- undercover the ca- fed got arrested by the cap- a weapon. By the Capitol Police. Yeah, yeah, it's sad, <laughs> but no, it um, was glorious. <laughs> um, but but I called this part of the post Afghanistan pivot, right? You know, I was just looking at the picture you had of all the guys in in, in their cargo shorts. You can uh, actually see shorts are not you can, cargo shorts. <laughs> well, whatever. Well, no, one of one of uh, one of them, and it's got like a cargo pants on it, and I can see his Glock printing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's, he was happy to see all those insurrectionists. Yeah, is that a Glock in your sh- in your cargo shorts? Or are you just happy to see me? Yeah. Anyways, but I I said that that I I referred to them not as uh, undercover, but rather as plain clothes. Because if that's what they're calling undercover, they're going to need some new training <laughs> protocols for their undercover agents. Because, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was bad. And uh, But there was all this media hype leading up to it, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and then it turned out to be a fizzle. Right? Well, the biggest thing was the fence, putting the fence back up. Right, 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 right. And but it's all about trying to distract people from the failures of the Obama administration. I mean, the Obama administration. Yeah, the I third term, huh? Yeah, Biden administration. Yeah. Well, actually, it's mostly the Obama crew running it. True. I mean, very true. Either that, and or a bunch of actually a bunch of Hillary's people in there too. Uh, Jake Sullivan. <coughs> yeah. 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 Anyways, so, I'm sorry. What am I, what am I talking about? Well, now? You were talking about uh, people in uh, shorts and shirts and blocks. <laughs> yes. Right, right, right. Anyway. Well, sunglasses. Yes. Yes. And speaking of. Uh, yeah. I wish I'd had the rebate. Michael Sussman. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of deep state operatives. Well, there's nothing to see here. Move along. Christopher Cupper, the U.S. district judge assigned to the case, um, uh, is married to a lawyer representing Lisa Page of the Russia collusion hoax fame. And uh, Judge Cupper was nominated to the bench by Barack Obama. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Yeah. So, so this is the case that... Uh, Oh, what's the walrus mustache guy? What? What's the, the prosecutor? You mean Durham? Durham, yeah. He has a be- well. He has a beard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Durham, um, the investigation and the indictment of Michael Sussman for his role in helping spread Russian collusion fake yeah. fakery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so so apparently the fix is in there. Well, is it? Because it'll be interesting to see if that judge has got any 
since he'll recuse himself. Yeah, we'll um, see about that. Oh, oh, wait, integrity from an Obama appointee? Give me a break. Oh, no, it's happened every once in a while. He actually made the mistake of appointing a few honest judges. <coughs> For example, Judge Hazel, uh, oh, here, yeah. here in uh, the... Uh, uh, here in Maryland has been a very, very good judge. I should point out, though, that he came from the background of being the uh, the number two in the Baltimore prosecutor's office, and his portfolio was uh, violent gangs. So, you know, he's 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 a guy with with a real history of of of, of going after uh, drug dealers and that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. So. Um, he, but he, um, I, I thought, you know, I, the work that I've seen him do has actually been uh, quite exemplary. Not, not perfect, but, you know, he's a pretty good judge. Mm -hmm. um, so there is that. Now, the fact that he ruled in my favor in every case I've been before him on uh, <laughs> has nothing to do with Nothing my to do with it at all. Nope. On the other hand, considering that there were lawsuits filed by Brett Kimberly. <laughs> Yeah, the 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 pro se pest, the pro se pipsqueak, as I've called him. Yeah. Oh, I like that one. Yeah. Well, uh, he by right now the the case he has going is in the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals. He's a, he's trying to get some of his Speedway bombing convictions set aside. So, yeah. Uh, Good luck with that. Not well, actually, well, it it'll be interesting. Uh, two weeks from. Monday hmm. or a week from Monday. Actually, it may be only be a week from Monday, but basically, yeah, I guess uh, it's on the, the 4th of October. 4th of October, his uh, reply memo to the uh, opposition to his uh, appeal is due, and we'll see how, how that looks. Meanwhile, uh, it's interesting that uh, speaking of prosecutors in, in Maryland, uh, the Free oh, yeah. Beacon had a story up headline: Biden nominee helped free robber accused sex trafficker. Pre and here's I'll just quote from their article: President Joe Biden's nominee to serve as the top federal prosecutor in Maryland helped free a Delaware death row inmate who was subsequently implicated in a sex trafficking ring and convicted of second degree robbery. And skipping down, Eric Barron. As the latest example of Biden administration's focus on criminal leniency rather than public safety or the rule of law, said uh, Senator Tom Cotton, uh, Republican of Arkansas. Uh, he, he would uh, bring to the Maryland United States Attorney's Office more of the same soft on crime approach that has already made Baltimore one of the most dangerous cities in the country. And even more innocent people would be victimized as a result. Uh, that was uh, Senator Cotton. Uh, mm -hmm. Barron is typical, uh, typical of the progressive prosecutors Democrats are elevating across the country. As a member of the Maryland House of Delegates, Barron has pressed for reforms, uh, progressive prosecutors champion, like abolishing mandatory minimum sentences for drug crimes and making certain police personnel records available to the public. Oh, Republican lawmakers like Cotton say their approach is inappropriate amid spikes in violent crime in certain parts of the country. Well, you know, uh, Barron is from Prince George's County, mm -hmm. which is suburban D.C., but he should fit right in with what's going on. Yeah, the, the guy at the heart of this case, the convict they got out, a guy named Isaiah McCoy, okay? Um, he was on death row in Delaware. Mm. Um and and somehow they got that um, they got that uh, they they got him out um, and they they uh, he Barron represented McCoy on appeal okay and um, but Isaiah McCoy has never and this is one of the things that that, that I have talked about a lot he has never been anything but a criminal. Okay, um, the what happened um, uh, in this uh, in the murder for which he was convicted and that that Baron got thrown out uh, was that it was a drug deal 
gone wrong. They were trading money and crack cocaine for ecstasy pills. Uh, and McCoy drew a revolver and killed the other guy in the drug deal. Now, if you've ever been involved in a drug deal, statute of limitations no. expired. Um, uh, but uh, I still uh, invoke my Fifth Amendment right. But, uh, mm -hmm. but if you've ever, the moment you go to make the deal is some of the scariest times in your life because you know the guy that's selling it to you is this is what's known as felony weight. Okay, it's not like, you know, minor drug trafficking thing that when you go to buy a supply of drugs in felony weight, you know, the other person is armed. Okay, mm -hmm. he doesn't know necessarily know that you're not a cop or an informer. Mm -hmm. And for all you know, right, the cops are watching him or maybe they're watching you. And so mm -hmm. it, it, the intense paranoia of the meetup to make the deal. Uh, is is a thing, and and this thing, hey, I'm going to rip you off. I'm going to shoot, you know, see, because you're showing up with the money, and he's showing up with the drugs. Now, he might want to kill you and take your money, but he may think that you want to kill him and take the drugs. And and you talk about paranoid. Uh, it's the scariest thing uh, in the world that experience to to go make the buy like that. Um, and, and so, and, and so, but this guy, uh, McCoy, never been anything but a criminal. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and he was busted in a sex ring. And it, by the way, after he got sprung out, he goes to Hawaii mm -hmm. and was eventually uh, caught for robbing tourists in Waikiki. Oh, uh, so, you know, anyways, but but he's behind bars now and he's in Hawaii, uh, but he's, you know, but but this idea that you can take career criminals and turn them loose. OK, mm -hmm. it's not like and people. Do, yeah, I've talked about how the media, the way the media portrays crime and the mm -hmm. way crime is portrayed in the entertainment, you know, movies and TVs. Crime is not like that. OK, it's not, you know, the. The, you know, the billionaire that, that, you know, disposes of his wife or just something like that. Most crime is just ordinary thugging, okay, out there on the streets. And, you, you know, you take those, you know, you let them out of jail and they go right back to it. Well, you know? yeah, because that's what they do. You know, uh, and, and, they and don't, I was and a they... juvenile delinquent who realized that crime doesn't pay, so I got out of the racket. Right. Well, on the other hand, you talk about how the media covers crime. There was an infographic that got put up by the yeah. uh, uh, New York Times about how the murder rate changed year by year over the last 60 years. And I took it and superimposed uh, the presidential administrations over it, which makes for an interesting thing. But the, 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 the thing that really jumped out at me, I mean, obviously you had the big spike last year. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and there were, but there, there were spikes at the end of the Obama administration, uh, spike at uh, the end of the Reagan administration. There was just this huge general upward push uh, during LBJ and Nixon uh, right. with the great society stuff. But the interesting one to me was there's this steady increase during the Carter administration. Yeah. Yeah. I blame disco. <laughs> <laughs> disco would make anybody uh, homicidal to be. Well, honest. you know, what's interesting, by the way, in this is, is it, it, the really interesting thing is that how crime was down year after year during the Clinton administration until the last two years it spiked up. Um, but, uh, and, you know, part of this was, is that, is that during the Bush administration, they had finally pushed through mandatory minimum sentencing. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the Clinton crime bill, uh, including the unconstitutional assault weapons ban. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but the Clinton crime bill, uh, codified uh you know these uh you know this mandatory minimum sentencing and and you can thank joe biden from and mandatory minimum sentencing for that uh uh collapse of, of mur the murder rate during the clinton years you know yeah. well there were a lot of things going on there is 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 that is that 
you know, for for years, you know, of of you know liberalism, you know, and and they finally, you know, after the defeat of Mike Dukakis, <laughs> Democrats woke up and said, "Hey, we're losing elections because we're letting crime run out of control. Maybe we Even, should get yeah, tough on crime." Well, Carville was smart enough to figure that one out. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and. But right you know, now, I think James Carville may have had an apoplectic stroke the way things are going right now because Biden's poll numbers are subterranean. Yeah, well, he's not doing good on uh, suppressing crime, which is one of the not things that uh, Carville thought you know you, you had to do in order to keep the soccer mom vote. But you know, it's not like it's. But you know, it's look, we're just going to have to live with more aspiring rappers. Aspiring rappers, yes. Yes, this is the crazy people are dangerous section, folks. <laughs> uh, I Yes, this week, you know, uh, back in July, I had uh, uh, several posts of the aspiring rapper update. Now, mm-hmm. you, you folks may not realize it, but according to the Urban Dictionary, aspiring rapper is just a synonym for criminal, okay? Because mm-hmm. because or, or whenever uh, a, a criminal gets killed by the cops, it turns mm-hmm. out that he was an aspiring rapper. Or, or if he killed gets by killed, another aspiring rapper. Right, right, right. right. Uh, whenever there's an aspiring rapper around, somebody's going to get shot, okay? <laughs> it is a cliche of journalism. Well, readers it, may have forgotten Timothy Nathaniel Leakes, but last November, the 22-year-old was arrested in the fatal shooting of rapper Davon Bennett, a.k.a. King Vaughn, outside an Atlanta hookah bar. Um, And so um, uh, King Vaughn, apparently, they reduced the murder charges Mm -hmm. to manslaughter, and after being denied bail twice, uh, Timothy Leakes was released in March on a $100,000 bond and immediately returned to his peaceful, law-abiding civilian life. Mm, sure. He I'm joking. No, of course not. He's a lifelong thug. He's a menace to society. It was no surprise to learn this week that he got busted Wednesday on 11 different charges after leading police on a high-speed chase in Chatham County, Georgia. Uh, living in Georgia, you know that Chatham County is Savannah. Yes, I do. Anyways, uh, and a search of Savannah area media turned up no coverage of the arrest, uh, but the website Hip Hop DX pointed out that you can find leaks in the Chatham County Jail database. So, um, so uh, uh, Timothy Leaks is back behind bars. But think about this. Think about this. You have just basically beaten the rap on murder, right? Mm-hmm. And you're out on the streets, right? You've been bonded out. So mm-hmm. what are you going to do, right? You're going to get a felony fleeing and looting from police, right? Yep. And and it's just like, because that stuff's on dash cam. You can't fake that, okay? You're not going to talk your way out of that case. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think uh, Mr. Leakes, with his interesting hairdo, uh, <laughs> is it, it, <laughs> interesting hairdo, is, is going back to prison. But meanwhile, yep. the uh, aspiring rapper motif has become an international phenomenon, including Ontario, uh, Canada, where aspiring rapper um, uh, has Christopher Lucas has been charged in two deaths. And, uh, and also in England, two uh, criminals are behind bars for stabbing to death an aspiring rapper. So, but I hear the boogie-woogie piano in the background, which tells me that it's uh, getting close to the time for us to get out of here. But remember, folks, crazy people are dangerous. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, some, we'll of, some of us who aren't necessarily excessively crazy can be dangerous, too. Mm-hmm. There was a tweet uh, uh, this week about somebody saying, well, how would you react if you found your neighbor had 
40 uh, firearms and 10,000 rounds of ammunition. And my response was, man, small, po- <laughs> small, small potatoes. By the way, he's got a lot uh, to do to catch up with me. Yeah. But we'll see you next week, Stacey. 7 o'clock Saturday night, and we'll be back. Uh, and we are now out of here. Thanks for being with us, Good Diana. Night. Good, Good night, night, guys. Thank you.